I'm Mahan Esfahani, and I'm a harpsichordist. I'm presenting a multi-year Bach series at Wigmore Hall. And, you know, it's funny, um, I realized at some point in my early 30s that I had played pretty much almost everything by Johann Sebastian Bach, which is a tall order. Um, I started playing his music since I was five, and it really uh, forms this whole center of my being as a person and as a musician. And so having the chance to play all his works over several seasons as, um, as, a, as a performer at Wigmore Hall is, uh, is a huge gift. And um, so I started the series by playing the Goldberg Variations. Now, there's a very popular work by, by Bach. It's 30 variations on a theme. And um, this is part of a collection that Bach started to conceive in the 1730s, okay? So 1730s, he's already in what by 18th century standards would have been sort of late life, actually, late career. And he's starting to compile his best works and to sort of have a view to, to posterity, I think, insofar as he, um, that sort of thing existed back then. And so he starts compiling this thing called Klavier Übung. Now Klavier is keyboard, and Übung is um, practice, it's keyboard practice. It sounds like a book of exercises. It's the most modest title you can think of, but Klavier Übung is an amazing thing. And so Goldberg Variations actually is part four of this clever Übung. Um, part one and two are very special. Part three is for organ, so I won't be, I won't be playing about it at Wigmore Hall. But part one um, is a collection that we, know, we now know as the six partitas. All right? and the partitas are a collection of um, dances and movements in this sort of sweet style. And clever Übung part two is very special. Now, I'll get to that in a second because this has to do with my second season. So after having done the Goldberg Variations, last season I did the Toccatas, the seven Toccatas, and I did um, his sonata transcriptions, and I did the English Suites. These are all works that he wrote in his uh, early 20s till, till about his late 20s, early 30s. So this is what we would call sort of young Bach, um, Bach, the, um, Bach the experimenter, actually. And there's a lot of music where Bach um, actually borrows from other composers. In this second season, I'm looking more at mature Bach. And um, so Clever Übung Part 1, we have these six partitas. Now, this is really important. Um, I'm actually playing the first partita in this first concert. We, a lot of us know the first movement of it, of course, which is... And so on and so forth. Now, that's in B-flat, okay? The second one is um, a partita in C minor. Something to that effect. And the third one is in A minor, which has a little um, fantasy. Fourth one is an overture. Fifth one is something called a preambulum, which is a very strange title. And the fifth one is a toccata, which is a very grand piece. It's my favorite one. And um, so we have these six partitas. Now listen to the keys. 
B flat, C, A, D, G, E. It spirals out. You can actually almost visualize that. And so when Clever Ubum Part 2 comes around, you think, well, maybe there'll be a partita in... What is the logical key? But instead he does... A concerto! He calls this Concerto nach Italianischem Gusto. Um, I'm probably getting the German grammar wrong somewhere, but I, I think that's, that's how he writes it. And it means um, gusto is really important because it's the Italian um, taste. The, the fact that he uses this Italian word really sort of almost um, gives it a bit of ambiance. And this is using concerto principle. Now, it's not a transcription of an orchestral concerto, say, by Vivaldi or, um, or Telemann, for example. Um, but it's actually looking at how you can use a double manual harpsichord to create orchestral and solo effects. So we have, I mean, we have the orchestra chord right there. That's the, that's the group coming in. Now at the end of that orchestral introduction, we have, and then the backup group with the soloists. this tension between orchestral and soloist even more so in the second movement. Think of some violins and then the bass. comes. All right, now we have this concerto in the Italian taste. The most disparate key from F would be the tritone. Now this is a this is an ugly interval. I mean no one would ever write a piece with a tritone um, that didn't have some sort of emotional or um, extra musical effect. And so after Bach finishes the third movement of the Italian concerto, 
Nothing could be more different than. Now, this piece he calls Ouverture nach Französische Art. Right, remember that word he uses for the Italian music, gusto. Here he says ach, art, as the Germans would say. It's always Italian or French, but in a very German accent. And so the association of this word with the French style, with the French school, um, is very important. France, um, uh, then as to some extent now, um, represented all that was grand um, and um, all that was regal and dark. Um, whereas Italy um, and its music had a sunny quality to it. That's a, obviously a gross generalization. But France represented um, great tragedy and, um, and sort of high language and this transference of a, of a um, noble Roman sensibility. And, um, and so the overture in this French style very much is the paragon of that. The dances are grand orchestral royal um, dances. So for example, after that big overture, which is about a good 14 minutes, it's a long piece, then you have this courant. dances which are little pairs like gavots. Um, you have at the end a very interesting gigue which is
so on and so forth. And at the end, you have a piece, which is very rare in Bach or in any of these contemporaries, which is called Echo. If you wonder why it's called Echo, just listen to it. Imagine the dancers sort of jumping off the stage in this great dramatic tableau. Bach is often accused, <laughs> I think it is an accusation, that he didn't write any ballet or opera. He didn't write the great public works. Um, he didn't write the great, in the great public genres of his time. But even in keyboard music, in which one is conversing with oneself, Bach creates dramatic tableau that are much more powerful than opera. and um, and. Uh, and, and ballet, for that matter. So the idea that this composer, who never left a certain several hundred mile radius of his home in Germany, by all means someone whom we would, we would describe almost as a provincial composer, that he brings the world to him. He brings the world to the harpsichord. What we're going to hear in Bach, um, I don't like this word, word universality because I don't think any composer is ultimately universal, but Bach has as great a claim as anyone to being universal in the sense that, that no genre, no instrument is too small for him to see the entire world in it. And so if in my first season at Wigmore Hall you heard me converse with young Bach, now I invite you to converse with um, Bach the worldly figure, Bach the universal genius, Bach the... Um, Bach, this sort of superhuman visionary. And so that's what this season will be about.